0: It began over 5,000 years ago when civilization was young. Every major culture, Egypt, Greece, Rome, India, Japan, studied it, practiced it, perfected it to a fine art. They admired its Olympian demands, strength, speed, agility, skill, grace, and courage. They did it to honor their gods. They did it to honor their kings. They did it to train their soldiers. They did it to compete, and they did it for fun. It has come down through the ages to us today. It is coliseum corner the wrestling podcast where each and every coliseum home video is reviewed from the personalities and specialties to the best of the wwf and even the collector series if you're looking for reviews of WrestleManias, survivor series royal rumbles and Summerslams, then look somewhere else because this is a trip down memory lane of your favorite videos we review the good the bad and and even sometimes the awful. Join Bill as he takes us down a memory lane adventure the likes of which no podcast has ever gone before. So sit back, relax, and listen to this fantastic podcast that we call Coliseum Corner. And here is Bill to start the show right now. Hello everybody, I am Bill Covey, and welcome to the premiere episode of Coliseum Corner. This podcast is dedicated entirely to the Coliseum Video Library. Now, today we are going to start off with the very first videotape, but before I get into uh, the review of the tape, I want to go over a couple of things that you will be hearing in the podcast You know, hopefully for the next several years Because I'm hoping this is a long project Uh, One thing that you will hear about is For every episode, or yeah, for every episode You'll hear my thoughts on stuff that happens on the videotape Sometimes there will be matches And other times, like today's review that I'll be talking about um, Just going to be a compilation of different videos and segments that happen. Another thing is, when we get or when I get to the first of a new set, I will tell you at, you know, after the videotape is over, what will be released in the next set from Coliseum Home Video. And finally, I want to mention that unlike my video series that I used to do uh, called Wrestling Man's Retro Review, I will not be giving it any silver, gold, bronze, you know, I'm not going to be doing that. This is just going to be me talking about the video, the content, what is on there, what I liked, what I didn't like, and you guys can decide for yourselves if this is something you want to get or just pass on. I'm I'm not going to... You know, I'm not going to force you into it. You should decide for yourself. Now, before I get into it, I think a little history uh, session should be taught here about Coliseum Home Video. Now, this comes from Wikipedia and is actually under WWE Home Video. Um, now... In the beginning in 1985 is when Coliseum Video and the WWF began uh, their working relationship. And what would happen is, over the next 12 years, there would be videotape releases from Coliseum Video. Now, for about the first four or five years, there were three categories that... You know, these videotapes would fall upon, including the best of WWF, which I know everyone's going to be looking forward to, uh, which, in, which highlight classic matches, both recent and from the company's early years. Many of these releases include title changes that had happened since production of the previous volume was completed. Also, a wrestler profiles, which encompasses the career in the company of that particular wrestler, both current and former. And then we have a themed video, or specialty video, which showcases match types sometimes. Uh, each of the three major men's titles in the WWF all had a videotape, which will, um, which will have its own episode later on down the line, uh, along with classic matches contested for the championship, and also some, you know, Strictly wrestling matches, and bloopers, and comedy moments, funny moments. Um, also, they did release pay-per-views. Um, the WrestleManias, the SummerSlams, the Survivor Series, the Royal Rumbles. And I'm sure some of you are probably thinking, he's going to get into that. Actually, I'm not. Um, I will not... Review the four major pay per views because at this point, either it be on a podcast or a YouTube video, everyone at some point in time has reviewed the four major pay per views. However, I will mention right here, right now, for those who are curious, I will review the Wrestling Classic and the Big Event. They will have their own special episodes. Um, and another thing that I should mention, and I, and I mentioned it in the intro for those who did not catch it, are the Collector Series videotapes, um, which, at, you know, was really the more affordable way to get a video. And I'll go way deep into that in another episode. Um, those will be reviewed as well, so... Uh, the only ones that I'm not going to review are the major four pay-per-views. Those are why. just why I do it. A couple of other interesting notes. Coliseum Video released two videos of the World Bodybuilding Federation events. Um, uh, I'm, I'm not going to review those unless you all want me to. You guys can tell me if you want. And Coliseum Video also released two non-wrestling videos... One on the New York Giants, and the other on Wayne Gretzky. Um, And of course, uh, for those of you who don't know, at one point, the parent company, which is Everett Enterprises, used to release adult videos. But, because I'm strictly focusing on the Coliseum videos, no, there will not be any reviews of those adult movies. So... Shame on you. Alright, so now that we've got our history lesson out of the way, let's get into today's review. And today we start with the very first Coliseum video ever released by the World Wrestling Federation in 1985. This was a part of the first set, so this was the first specialty video. And it is Wrestling's Bloopers, Bleeps, and Body Slams. So, the title just sounds like it is. It's going to be very fun. I hope you guys enjoy this videotape. So let's get into the review. The videotape is hosted by Gorilla Monsoon, and Gorilla Monsoon, something you notice right away, or I noticed right away in the beginning of the videotape, Gorilla Monsoon is not wearing glasses. This is probably one of the few times outside of the ring, outside of the ring, um, where you don't see Gorilla Monsoon wearing glasses because Gorilla always, always, always wore glasses. So here, you know, he doesn't wear glasses in this one. Very interesting. Another thing that you do notice in the video is, and you could tell this took maybe a couple days to do, um, is he wears two different tuxes. Uh, For the first part of the video, he's wearing a a blue tux, um, and the second part, he wears a pink one. So, very, very interesting. So we get into the beginning, and we see Andre the Giant with Roddy Roddy Piper, and Roddy Piper wants to compare hands with Andre the Giant. Big mistake. Uh, Andre gives Piper his comeuppance and, and knocks him down. Then we see highlights from a ten-man tag team match in which Andre the Giant is in, and the and the Magnificent Morocco is on the opposing team. And we get a funny moment at one point where um, Andre does a drop down. Morocco goes over. Andre gets back up, and Morocco runs. Chest first into the bottom of Mag or of Andre the Giant, which really, you know, for a seven foot four guy, that's got to hurt for anybody. So, now we go to the first of three segments on love advice from the managers of the World Wrestling Federation. And the first one is classy Freddie Blassie. Freddie Blassie's going to give you great, great advice. Um, So, the first question is about how, uh, this husband and wife, they watch TNT, but when they watch TNT, the husband, um, you know, he he pays a little bit more attention to TNT than he does his wife. So, um... Freddie Blassie suggests to to this lady, you know, maybe you should shave your legs and put on some deodorant, and maybe that'll help you get your man uh, back, you know, get him his attention. The second question involves another husband and wife couple, and how the husband likes to do the super fly splash. And Superfly Jimmy Snuka, yes, Superfly Jimmy Snuka Splash. Um, So uh, Blassie says about how, you know, you really want to be careful, you know, especially the husband, because if he does one wrong move, if he makes one wrong mistake, the landing's going to be real bad, and he suggests to the husband that he should bend his knees. So the final part of this uh, segment is from a 60-year-old lady. Yes, 60 years old. Um, she has a thing for younger guys, and she'd like to know uh, who Freddie Bla- or who, you know should be suggested for her to date since she is 60 years old. So Freddie Blassie thinks about this. The first name that comes up in the mind is Sergeant Slaughter, which is sort of funny. Another name that comes in the mind is Tito Santana. Hulk Hogan's name comes up, and then the Haiti Kid comes up. And Vince, at this point, is just flabbergasted because the Haiti Kid is only 18 years old. So, you know, and Blass is like, well, I mean, she's into younger guys. You know, you can't get any more experience than this. So, now we go back to Gorilla, and the next part uh, is set up with a match involving Iron Mike Sharp. And this is your equivalent of what would be a chopper match. And uh, this poor gentleman that Iron Mike Sharp faces, um, well, let's just say he had a, a little bit of a wardrobe malfunction but not of what you would think. So we see the clip of Iron Mike Sharp facing this opponent whose name is Steve Gray. And we get clips and, oh dear God, poor Steve Gray is losing his toupee. Yep, Steve Gray losing his toupee, folks. And at one point, Iron Mike Sharp just has enough of this guy losing the toupee, so he grabs it, puts it on his head, and he just... Throws it out of the out of the ring. So we come back to Gorilla Monsoon, who goes into this next story of Tiger Chung Lee. Now, Tiger Chung Lee, who is Korean, is, he legitimately can break stuff. You know, he's got that karate expertise, the boards, you know, all of this. So, in particular, on this particular occasion, Gorilla Monsoon went to buy bricks. And Gorilla Monsoon buys the bricks, and these are bricks for Tiger Chung Lee to break. So we go to the video footage, and Tiger Chung Lee cannot break these bricks. You know, he's given them all these karate chops, and he is not able to do it. And it's about two or three attempts, and then Vince McMahon, who you know, he who's interviewing uh, Freddie Blassie and Tiger Chung Lee, he starts to crack up, he can't contain himself. And then towards the end, Freddie Blassie starts to lose it, you know, he's starting to crack up because Tiger Chung Lee can't break these bricks, and you know. I'm no karate expert, but I would imagine breaking bricks would be hard, but, you know, if you're an expert like Tiger Chung Lee, I would think, well, this could come very easy, but I guess on this day, it did not. So then we go into Captain Lou Albano, and uh, Gorilla Monsoon gives one of his famous lines that we will hear many, many times throughout this series. And in this case he's talking about Captain Lou, Captain Lou Albano is the greatest walking advertisement for birth control he has ever seen. So we then get a clip from the TNT show where Captain Lou is on the set, and he talks about how in the back of his brain, in the medulla of his brain, he has an IQ of 901.73. And he goes talking about the left side and the right side, you really don't really need to get it. And then we have what Gorilla calls the Pose Down of the Century. It's a pose down between Tony Atlas and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. And this is set up, um, you know, in a a little studio. You have some tables and some people, you know, sitting around at the table. And Vince is there, and he's going to introduce the contestants. So Tony Atlas comes up first, and Tony Atlas does a good job. Uh, his pose, he, you know, he does the bicep, he does the tricep pose, he does the back, and, you know, he's he's showing his muscles. You know, very, very muscular. So, Paul Orndorff then comes up, and Orndorff is very confident that he's gonna win this. He's gonna win this contest. So, you know, he does his poses, you know, he's flexing, and he's showing them. And at one point, we, we do get a, um... We we do get a shot of his legs and his thighs, but it's sort of an uncomfortable shot because it's right where the crotch is and you can see something probably was going to happen. So after Orndorff poses, we get a vote, and Vince notices that Orndorff is breathing a little heavy, and Orndorff's like, Well, that's because I had an all-nighter. I was up all night. No wonder you are Mr. Wonderful. So Orndorff gets some cheers, Tony Atlas gets more cheers, and Atlas gets the win. And Orndorff questions that there was a fast count. Well, we are voting. But anyway, so after McMahon explains it, they go down to meet the people. And Orndorff attacks Atlas, and we get a little bit of a brawl. And this masked man, who is in the audience, I want to say this is the spoiler, but I could be wrong. He tries to help break it up along with Vince, and it really doesn't go well. And, you know, they break it up, and Tony Atlas is upset when it's over, and he calls Orndorff a crazy loo. He's like, crazy loo? What is this, crazy loo? I don't know what a crazy loo is. Maybe someone could tell me. So Gorilla Monsoon talks about how the life of a professional wrestler can be very lonely. You're on the road a lot, and you don't get to see many people. And sometimes wrestlers, they end up having a pet. Well, here in the United States, most of them will have a dog as their best friend. But what about the Iron Sheik? What about the Iron Sheik? Well, he has a pet of his own. He has a pet camel. And as we see in this clip, Vince McMahon cannot say the word camel right if his life depended on it. So he interviews uh, Iron Sheik about the camel, and Iron Sheik talks about how this camel is more obedient than Sergeant Slaughter is. It's better looking than Sergeant Slaughter and Hulk Hogan are. And he gives... Or he tells Vince and Lord Alfred Hayes, who comes in later in the interview, what the name of the camel is, and it is in Iranian, so we don't understand. So he asks Iron Sheik what is his name in English, and the camel's name is Cloth. Yep, Cloth. Interesting segment, you know, because this is an interesting segment, because, you know, it's Iron Sheik, and, you know, a camel... Anywhere in the desert, you know, you could have a camel. But this was this was an interesting segment. It was sort of funny because Vince McMahon, like I said, could not say the word camel right. Like, he would say, camera, cam, camomo. You know. It was funny. So we go to uh, back to Gorilla, and Gorilla talks about how uh, on TNT, there was a segment with Freddie Blassie, Kamala, and Kamala's handler, Friday. And they talk about the famous performing chicken. And this is a good setup. So we get to the clip. Freddie Blassie comes in, and Friday is there. And this chicken is an unannounced guest on the show. So as we see the chicken walking around in its cage, the chicken... Poops. Yep, the chicken poops. That's why he's the famous performing chicken. So then we get Kamala on the set, and Kamala is looking at this chicken and he's just staring at it. He's ready. He's ready to go. And, you know, Fred Blassie says that there are, you know, they they sort of set a schedule for when. Kamala eats and at this point Kamala just cannot hold back so Freddie Blassie said it's time it's time and and he said now you're gonna see the chicken perform a disappearing act and Kamala is going to eat the chicken alive which gets people scared and screaming and the final scene that we see is just Kamala with feathers all over its face so we go back to gorilla again I know, we're going to gorilla a lot. But trust me, these are worth it. Um, And he talks about a midget wrestling match that takes place in this next clip between Dana Carpenter and the Haiti Kid. Now, the referee for this match is Gilberto Roman. And for those who don't know who Gilberto Roman is, he was one of the shorter referees when they would be in Madison Square Garden, and in this case here in the Meadowlands. So they would use Gilberto to be the referee for these matches. So we go to the clip, and Carpenter is, you know, he has an advantage on Haiti Kid. He's got him in an arm bar. Well then, the Haiti Kid figures a way out by biting Dana on the bottom. And it's so bad that, Carpenter shows the referee, and the referee doesn't really want to look at it, so they keep fighting, and then um, Carpenter ends up on top of Gilberto Roman, and Haiti Kid counts Gilberto Roman down for the three count, which gets everyone laughing, except for Gilberto Roman, so then they continue to wrestle, and then Haiti Kid goes for a cover, one, two, kick out by Carpenter, but Haiti Kid is caught by the referee, so the referee puts him back on top of Carpenter, one, two, Carpenter kicks out, Haiti Kid is caught by the referee, and instead of the referee putting Haiti Kid nicely down, he just drops him face first, and then the Haiti Kid kicks the referee. Now we go to Ivan Putzky doing the polka. And we see Vince McMahon dancing as only Vince McMahon can dance. I mean, it's... Folks, if you thought his strut coming down the aisle was something. And if you thought his performance at the Slammies were something. This one actually gets overlooked, I think. Because or Vince McMahon cannot dance for his life. I don't think we'll ever I don't think we'll ever have to worry about Vince McMahon ever being on Dancing with the Stars. And if we do, God help us the amount of weeks that Vince McMahon stays on that show. But it is pretty cool to see a polka on this videotape cuz I am part Polish, so it was pretty cool. Now we get an appearance by the one and only Hulk Hogan and Hulk Hogan is uh, there on the TNT show, and he uh, shows Vince and Alfred Hayes his patent Hogan Python protein shakes. So, so we get to the point where they are already made, and Hogan is pouring the protein into the cups, and he he's already given everyone a packet of vitamins. So. He, you know, and, and they're trying to convince Lord Alfred Hayes to take it Because it's really good And Alfred Hayes is like Oh, I, I, I don't think I, I want to I, I had a pretty good meal before I came over here today I'm, I'm pretty good So Hulk Hogan drinks most of it down And Vince is just impressed by it um, And then Vince McMahon gives it a try And Vince thinks it's actually good It's not that bad So then he asks Lord Alfred Hayes to do it, and they finally convince Lord Alfred Hayes to take a drink. So he takes a a good swig or two, and he finishes, and Lord Alfred Hayes starts to gag, and it really didn't sit well with his lordship. Now we go to part two of Love Advice on the TNT show. This time it is Captain Lou Albano who... um, is up and the first question is about how this woman's husband smells bad uh he's from the old world whatever that means and that he doesn't use modern uh modern stuff to keep himself clean like deodorant what would you do so captain lou comes up with this idea of and And this is really weird, a really weird idea. You take some um, rubbing alcohol, a little bit of witch hazel, and then you use some shaving cream, and then you mix that all up and you put it on him and he'll smell better right away. So very very interesting idea. Another question that Lou Albano gets asked is about the Fat Person's Guide to Ecstasy. And at one and in the question the person says that this one this person is very fat that he's obese, to which Captain Lou says he does not like fat people. And Vince says, "Well, wait a minute, what are you then?" He says, "Well, th- this right here," pointing to his stomach, This is muscle. This is muscle right here. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and they do ask one more question, but really, where else do you go after giving that kind of advice about body odor and Fat People's Guide to Ecstasy? Next up, we go to the very first episode of the TNT show, because... Well, Lord Alfred Hayes has his fingers pinching his nose and he cannot deal with the stench. He thinks it smells like the bubonic plague. Well, Vince McMahon takes a look and it is the wild Samoans, Afa and Sika. They are cooking. Yes, the wild Samoans are cooking food. And we see that they pull out this big fish. And they cut the head off. They put it in a pot and let it to boil. And during this, they cut some parts of the fish out. And they even have Lord Alfred Hayes take a taste of what looks like to be the intestine of the fish. And it's really disgusting. But um, it's a funny segment. Lord Alfred Hayes, you know, being this British gentleman dealing with... Um the cooking of the Wild Samoans. And Vince is like, you know, I I really would not want to offend these guys. I really wouldn't. So later on, uh, they're all given bowls, and you know, the wild Samoans they have given Vince and Alfred Hayes their bowls, and Vince is a little disappointed because Lord Alfred Hayes has the head of the fish. And for some reason, Vince wanted the head of the fish. And I think Lord Alfred Hayes would more than be willing to give it away very quickly. So we go back to Gorilla Monsoon, and Gorilla tells us about the biggest blooper in the history of professional wrestling. Now remember, remember folks, this is 1985 we're talking about. And this blooper involves captain lou albano uh the scene is the tag team championship match between the wild samoans the champions and the challengers of rocky johnson and tony atlas so we go to the clip and we're towards the end of the match this is a match where there's no disqualification so there really has to be a winner so we get to the end and the referee gets knocked down And Captain Lou sees this opportunity. He gets in the ring. Uh, I believe this is Offa. Offa has Tony Atlas held. And Albano's going to hit Atlas with the chair. Atlas moves out of the way. And Albano hits Offa over the head with this wooden chair that just knocks Offa down. Tony Atlas goes on top. And the referee wakes up to get the one, two, three. Three, and there are new World Tag Team Champions Tony Atlas and Rocky Johnson And then after the match We get a famous shot Of Afa going to the back With the chair still over his head And blood coming down over him So, now that we've seen the clip Vince McMahon asks Lou Albano Do you feel directly responsible or in any way indirectly responsible for the Samoans losing the tag team titles. So Lou Albano says, I honestly don't. I made a mistake. Uh, They were three-time tag team champions. If they're so rough and tough, they would have been able to come back from that mistake, get themselves together, would have won, and they would have still been the tag team champions. Ouch. That's a bit harsh. So we go back to gorilla monsoon and he talks about salvatore belomo and we have this clip uh coming up from the tnt show where salvatore belomo is going to make some pizza now one thing that mama Balomo always told salvatore about making a pizza you will never use the roller pin so we see uh salvatore belomo with a chef's hat on dressed up very nicely and he gives Lord Alfred Hayes one, and he gives Vince McMahon one. And the one that Vince is wearing uh, might be a little too big, because it sort of falls right around the eyebrows. So uh, Balomo puts some uh, flour onto the board as he's going to start making the pizza, and they have a band playing or band singing as Balomo is making the pizza, and... Uh Uh-oh, we see Belomo with a rolling pin. Oh, Salvatore. Now we go to Adrian Adonis and Dick Murdoch, who are each visiting the other person's respective hometowns. So we get a quick clip of Adonis visiting Dick Murdoch's place in Texas, and we see Adonis jumping into the back of a pickup truck, Adonis is trying to get on a horse, and he flips over, and it's so funny that we have to show it three times in a row. So now we go to New York City, and Dick Murdoch is, you know, this is a different world for Dick Murdoch. And, you know, Mean Gene is with them, and they're walking around the streets of New York, and there's this lady there, and Mean Gene thinks that this is Adonis' Aunt Ruth. But it's not Ann Ruth, it's just some lady sitting on a curb in the part of New York City. So then they keep walking around, and there's a young lady screaming out the window, calling for Adonis, and Adonis is telling her to get back inside her room. And then we meet up with this older gentleman, and it's Uncle Joe! Well, we think it's Uncle Joe, and, you know, Adonis talks to him, and this guy's lost many teeth, I can tell you, he's lost many teeth, he looks like he might have been on drugs, and then he introduces him to Dick Murdoch, and the old guy's like, oh, hi, Uncle Joe! It's just funny, and then another old guy comes up, we believe a friend of uh, this guy who we think is Uncle Joe, we really don't know at this point, but it's a very funny segment. So then we get to uh, another part of New York City where... Adonis shows Mean Gene and Dick Murdoch where he used to take showers, and it's at a fire hydrant, and they're like, no, you didn't take no shower there, and and here's this dog, here's this dog right here, and it's a nice looking dog, red fur, and the dog actually comes over, and Adonis calls him Old Red, because that's what they used to call him as a kid, is, is Old Red, so then we get to the part where, you know, Adonis is going to treat him out. You know, the best way you treat people out in New York City, you get a hot dog from a hot dog vendor. So, you know, uh, they get the hot dog and, uh, you know, there's mustard put on and Murdoch has a bite. And Murdoch really likes, you know, really likes this dog. And Adonis takes a bite and even Mean Gene gives one. And then Mean Gene is like, Adonis paid a man. I'm not going to I'm not going to pay for this. And Gorilla's like, huh, no wonder he's called Mean Gene. So then we get into a, sort of a musical clip of Body Slams, of the bloopers, bleeps, and Body Slams. And it's just, you know, stuff that you would see in the beginning of the, you know, the intro the Coliseum videos and some other footage. It's really cool. So now we go to the third and final part of Love Advice, this time it's given from Luscious Johnny Valiant. <sighs> yeah, this one's not really the best. I mean I mean, don't get me wrong, Luscious Johnny Valiant's an interesting personality, but you know, I don't I can't really deal with the screaming and all that. So here, one of the questions that he gets asked is from this lady, whose favorite type of match is a battle royal. And she has this fantasy of wanting to be in a 16- or 20-man battle royal. And luscious Johnny Valiant is just going crazy. He's like, why would make someone do this? Why would you want to be in a 16-man battle royal? Or in a 20-man battle royal? I mean, what are you thinking of? Why do you think this is, this is crazy? And, you know, it's Johnny Valiant. He's making no sense. So we go back to Gorilla, and he talks about Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant, uh, you know, the the eighth wonder of the world, one of the biggest personalities in the history of the business. And his sense of humor is as big as Andre the Giant. So we get into this clip, and uh, Lord Alfred Hayes asks Andre the Giant, you know, about Big John Stud. what do you think about Big John Stud? and Andre asks him, you know, how big is Big John Stud? so, you know, he says, oh, he's about 6'8", 366 pounds, to which Andre replies, uh, yeah, he's in the sky-low-low low category, ouch, so then, uh, Vince asks Andre about his, clo- or actually, no, he asks uh, Lord Alfred, and to compare his hand with Andre's, Alfred, according to Vince, has a big hand. Um, I don't really see that. And Andre puts his hand over the face of Lord Alfred, which is a famous shot, you know, just a famous shot from the TNT show, and sort of a funny shot as well, if you think about it. So Vince then asks Andre about his clothes, because, well, you know, Andre's 7'5" get out so andre tells vince how the, the the clothes that he wears are custom made from japan because the japanese make his clothes and they really do a real good job there's only one thing though that he's wearing that's not made from japan and those are his boots because as andre says these boots where they come from everything is big And he puts the feet up on Vince's desk, and he mentions that they're from Texas. So Andre was ahead of the uh, Everything's Big in Texas before it got very popular. So then Andre then asks Vince if he could sing a song on the show. And Vince is like, wow, you, you really want to sing a song? Yeah. And Andre tells him, you know, that... He's going to sing this song that that he used to, you know, that he would sing in Japan. The last time he was over in Japan, he sang this song, and it's called The Fish Song. So they got the band ready, and it's a Jamaican band, so it it sort of fits where this is going. So Andre gets up on the stage, and he tells him, you know, slow start, slow start. So Vince is there, and Andre asks for uh, someone to help him. So here's this young lady. And he tells her to hold the microphone while he performs. So she holds it, and Andre's about ready to sing. And he just pretends to swim like a fish. Not make a sound, not say a word, and it just makes everybody happy. And it's just so funny. It's actually pretty smart. And as Andre leaves, he's like, Next time I come on, I will do the rail song. So now we go to Piper's Pit with Captain Lou Albano and Piper asks Captain Lou if he can get Cindy Lauper to come on to his program and he said yes and this just makes Piper very excited. So we do go to Piper's Pit with Cindy Lauper on and Captain Lou comes on and this is a very interesting but sort of an important moment here in the history of wrestling if you think about this. Because... Because Captain Lou comes on and he talks about how he helped Cindy Lauper become famous. He wrote the lyrics to Time After Time. And, you know, Cindy's like, ah, you know, he's just kidding, folks. He's just kidding. And he talks about how women should belong in the kitchen and should be pregnant. And, you know, Cindy's not all for this. And then at one point, Lou says, Cindy! Cindy, tell him how I took you, how I took you from abroad, you know, to be in this big star. And this just irritates Lauper, and Lauper goes after Captain Lou with her little handbag, and Piper's trying to get involved to break it up, and Lauper's going after Piper, and Lauper's manager, uh, Dale, yeah, Dale Wolf comes in, and he tries to break things up, and he tries to help Cindy Lauper get to the back. And it's sort of an interesting moment because eventually, down the line, that year in 1984, Cindy Lauper becomes a manager for Wendy Richter. So then we get another uh, music uh, highlight of you know more of the body slams of the bloopers, bleeps, and body slams. And this time the song that's used is from the end of the video cassette. I think you guys know the song that I'm referring to. Ah, And now we go to the final segment of this videotape. And oh boy, is this one a goodie. Vince McMahon is on the street talking to uh, a local person. And he asks him what he thinks Paul the Butcher Vachon's wife looks like. So the gentleman looks around and he's putting his head down. He's looking at something. And he looks at his dog. He thinks that... Butcher Vashon's wife will look like a dog. Damn, you people are brutal. So, in this case, we go here to the wedding reception. And and I gotta admit, watching this videotape, I was a little disappointed we didn't get the actual wedding. Because, you know, while we talk about, you know, uh, to get into real quick, the famous wrestling weddings, you know, Uncle Elmer getting married, uh, Macho Man and Elizabeth Stephanie McMahon and Tess just to name a few this particular wedding it gets lost in the mix I I want to say and again I could be wrong this is the first televised professional wedding a professional wrestling marriage that takes place and this was a legitimate marriage so, so, Lord Alfred Hayes and Vince McMahon, they're at the reception, and it's a bunch of heels there, so you know this is going to be good. So, Paul and his wife come over, and they start to open gifts. So, they open the first one. They open the first box, and there's a note in the, in the box, and they read it, and it is a lifetime supply of his and her rubber bands you know it's from captain lou albano so we go along and we get another one and it's a pair of glasses and you know butcher puts them on and the glasses are from captain are from freddie blassie and freddie blassie comes over and he notices that the ring that you know butcher vachon's wife is wearing is really a a cheap piece of crap, because the the gem is not on the ring anymore. And, you know, he's like, why didn't you give him one of these? Why didn't you give her one of these? You could have given her a 16-carat, not this piece of junk. So, after that, we go into the toasts. And um, we, we do a toast, and the first person to do a toast is George the Animal Steel. So George the animal Steel, you know he you know he's trying to say something and everyone's you know encouraging they're like George 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 George, and you know he's not really sure how this is gonna you know not really sure what he's gonna say and at the end he goes, Papa and Vince is like, comfort nickel. So the next toast that we get is from Captain Lou Albano. Who first toasts a a, a pee-wee football team from Pensacola, Florida. And then he toasts the Samoans. And then he gives us a, a good bit of rhyming that you should all use at weddings when you go to them. Open your teeth, open your gums, look out stomach, here it comes. And he's referring to an alcoholic beverage he's drinking. So... As Vince and Lord Alfred try to go to another person to, um, to you know, to propose a toast, Captain Luke comes back and he's like, I got another one, I got another one. I knew a girl, she lived on a hill, she wouldn't do it, but her sister will. Wow. Yep. So then we go to Jesse Ventura, and or no, wait a minute, no, we go to Sky Lolo, pardon me, we go to Sky Lolo, and Sky Lolo... Is like well, I, I'm not really ready to give a toast, but I just want to say there's one person who keeps hogging the microphone, and he just won't shut up. And no, uh, yeah, it's you, Captain Lou. You, you just won't shut up. And there, and Captain Lou's like, "Why'd you talk in French?" And Sky Lolo does talk in French. So then we go to uh, Jesse Ventura, and Jesse gives the toast of. Scum will always rise to the top. Hmm. And then we go to Dr. D. David Schultz. Oh my! And Dr. D. David Schultz—he's—he's uh, he's not too happy. As a matter of fact, he's so unhappy that he gets bleeped while he's talking. So he only uh, gives a toast to himself. So you know, uh, uh, so that happens. And then we get into. The, the dance, the first dance of the new Mr. and Mrs. Paul Butcher Vashon. And it's a, it's a nice little dance. It really is. And then Sky Lolo comes in, and he's got some sweet moves, folks. You know, he's uh, dancing with the bride, and, you know, he's looking really good on the floor. And here comes Captain Lou Albano, and oh my, he's got Diamond Lil. Uh, and Diamond Lil goes all the way up to his chest area. We'll just call it that. Um, And then we get some nice dancing. And then, uh, to give you a very fun treat, Captain Lou and the Samoans are going to sing a song. This should have just been called the best of Captain Lou, because we got so much Captain Lou on this. Um, So they try to sing a song... I'm not really sure what it is. And then they grab Sky Lolo, and uh, Captain Lou pours some beer down the pants of Sky Low and, you know, it doesn't make him happy. Then we get to the conclusion. The the cake. So we find out that the bride doesn't like cake. Now, before before I go any further, you know, I'm sure there are you going like she doesn't like cake i actually know some people who don't like cake so so this lady would not be out of you know out of place so dr d comes over and you know david schultz he's just a ticked off guy and he's like why won't you eat cake woman you know and she's like well i don't like cake oh, i like cake see look i'm mean cake And then he puts a pie right into her face. And Vince is just horrified. He's like, no, how dare you? And Dr. D just walks off. So then then Sky Lolo gets a pie on top of his head. And then Lord Alfred Hayes gets a pie in the face. And then we start getting this food fight there's pies going around there's pieces of cake going around there's soda being sprayed all over mad dog vashon gets involved he throws chairs into the into the room because you know he's mad dog vashon tables get flipped everyone is getting messy everyone is getting wet the only people that aren't getting messed up at all During this food fight is the band that is playing at this wedding, you know, reception. And it's just absolutely hilarious that the band does not get messed up. And Vince is just covered in cake. These people are covered in cake. They're covered in drinks. It's absolutely hilarious what happens. And then we get some final words, and it's some clips from during the videotape. And We go into the credits and that's it for wrestling's bloopers bleeps and body slams But hold on folks Because we want to tell you about what's coming up in set number two from Coliseum video So we start off with the best of the WWF volume two matches that we will see on volume two of the best of the WWF include Pedro Morales defending the Intercontinental Championship against the Magnificent Morocco. Plus, Tito Santana in a one-on-one contest against Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorff. Then, an entire videotape uh, devoted to one outstanding individual, and this individual is the eighth wonder of the world, Andre the Giant. Born in France at 7'4 and nearing 500 pounds, he is simply referred into the fraternal uh, realm of the World Wrestling Federation simply as the boss. And finally, go back to what would, people would consider a dream card for the WWF's most unusual matches. Matches that will be on this videotape include a Texas Tornado match, a also an all-girl battle royal, a six-man tag team match featuring the legendary 601 pounds Haystacks Calhoun, and a 10-man tag team match scheduled for the best three out of five falls with participants including the Magnificent Morocco, Mr. Fuji, Superfly Jimmy Snuka, Pedro Morales, and Andre the Giant. So, that's what will be coming up in Volume 2, set number 2 of the official World Wrestling Federation home video library. So, what did I think of wrestling's bloopers, bleeps, and body slams? I gotta tell you. What a great way to introduce, you know, Coliseum Video. This is the way to go. Um, They could not have picked a better introduction, you know, for the video series to begin. It's very well done, very well produced. Um, The editing is done very well, especially for your first video, you know, first series of videotapes to come out. It's done really, really well. Um, there's so many good moments, and, and, and the thing about this is you actually have memorable moments on this videotape, like, you know, Rocky Johnson to Tony Atlas winning the tag team titles, the, the protein shakes with Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant doing the fish song, you got Cyndi Lauper in there, you got the wedding of Butcher Vachon, which just ends in absolute hilarity, there's just so much good stuff on this There's really not much as far as bad things go. So really, there's nothing you can fast-forward through to skip. I would say if you do get the video, or if you do find the DVD, because there's actually people that put this on DVD, watch the whole thing. Watch the whole thing. You're not going to regret it. It's about an altogether, including uh, the, the previews of the next set, It's over an hour and 20 minutes of very, very good, entertaining stuff from this period in history for professional wrestling and, you know, for WWE and the WWF. And it's just a very good video series, a good way to kick off uh, Coliseum Video and the WWF's ventures. Now, I do want to say... Before I conclude this episode, I'm sure a lot of you younger listeners are wondering, how much did these videotapes cost back in the day? You know, we're talking 1985, you know, these videotapes coming. And uh, and I'm glad that you, you know, I'm sure some of you are thinking that. So I'll tell you guys, if you were to buy a, you know, say, wrestling's bloopers, bleeps, and body slams, or if you were to buy uh, a best of the WWF or a video on a particular wrestler, these were $60. I'm not kidding. $60 for these videotapes. And, 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 you know, I don't know what it would be, you know, to today's society how much a $60 videotape would be, but if you think about it, 1985 and these are going for 60 bucks i would sort of think wow this is a bit of a ripoff but you know thank goodness for you know ebay and amazon because you could get these you know depending on you know who's selling them for a much better price now the video now the events the pay-per-views they were going For $40, they were going for $39.95, so basically $40. So they were about $20 cheaper than, you know, these videotapes. And then the Collector Series, which I mentioned earlier, they went for $19.95. And I'll say this from from a marketing point. The Collector Series is sort of a good invention for WWF because it's like okay, we'll put out these short 45-minute tapes of, you know, all this stuff. And if the people like it, then they can go, you know, invest in more of our videotapes, get the pay-per-views, and and then get the series, you know, for 60 bucks. So, in a way, they sort of did a, a good thing by, you know, having the collector series. So that does it for this episode. Uh, I will do our usual quick plugs. If you have any questions or comments, you may send an email to me, wrestlingman at show.com. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Wrestling Show 11. Follow me on Twitter at House of Bill. You could join our Facebook group. Type in That Wrestling Show, and you should be right there. And if for some reason you can't find us, click on the link in the description below. And you are right there. And don't forget to go to our website, thatwrestlingshow.com, for the best news, reviews, and opinions in the world of professional wrestling. I hope you guys enjoyed this debut episode of Coliseum Corner. The next time uh, I will be on the Coliseum Corner, we go into the first of the Wrestler Personality Series. And, well, there's really only one person that can start this off. I am referring to the one and only Hulk Hogan as the next episode I will be reviewing Hulkamania. Thank you for listening to Coliseum Corner. I hope you all enjoyed this. I am Bill Yankovey, and until next time, this has been Coliseum Corner.